Hello, D-I-A-H mamas. Sarah here. Matthew and I just launched our latest production together, the Balanced Mama Moment audio series. Who is this for? Any mom looking for more balance in her life and she's ready to start putting some conscious, powerful, loving, healing energy into herself. This is a guided audio experience of 20 tracks covering everything from how to make a balanced mama moment to body image, sex after motherhood, balance in your relationship, and so much more. We made this for moms just like you and me. So go to sarahbivens.com and click Balanced Mama to learn more and to sign up because we don't think twice about investing in our kiddos. So let's take a moment to give back to ourselves. So go sarahbivens.com and click on Balanced Mama. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today's episode is Laura's birth story. And Laura shares with us that becoming a mom was basically the greatest dream of her life. And she takes us through some of the experiences of her life that that really challenged that, like four miscarriages and the loss of an adoptive baby, a marriage ending, moving to a completely new place and starting life over. You can see why this is a really magical story. And to hear the home birth story of her daughter, Hannah, with her partner, Mikey, in a cabin in Alaska with no running water on a day where the weather was just 20 degrees below zero. These are things that as a Florida girl, I just know nothing about and cannot relate to. Laura is also just obsessed with birth. She's a birth doula, a postpartum care specialist, a placenta specialist, and a certified lactation counselor. And I'm just so grateful to her for hanging out with us in her car in the only place where she could get service to have this call. So on that note, there are some areas of funkiness of audio in the story that does not detract from the amazingness that is this story, but I just want to give you a heads up. So there's some crackles and things throughout. And then there's also a little chunk, the tiniest chunk of time that we lost for some reason and don't really know what happened there. So you'll hear me very quickly butt in in the middle of the interview to kind of bridge the gap as best I can and just let you guys know what's going on. So that's my little message there. But um, enjoy this episode. I mean, it gave me goosebumps, laughed, cried, all the great things. So here it is. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Laura, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Great, great. I'm so glad that we could connect and you are all the way on the other side of the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love technology, how we can stay connected. Um, can just just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and who you are and where you live and your family. So uh, my name is Laura. I live in Homer, Alaska right now with my partner, Mikey, and our baby, Hannah. Uh, our home birth was actually in Fairbanks, uh, which is about uh, 10 hours north if you're driving a straight shot. Um, we, yeah, this will be our first summer and, and winter here in Homer. Um, I am a certified doula and lactation counselor. I do placenta encapsulation and uh, just am really big in the birthing community. There's not much of one here, so I'm hoping to kind of to build that up and give give people the space for that if that's what they're looking for. Yeah, and how long have you been involved in that? Uh, I started, so I first heard the word doula uh, probably four years ago, and uh, I just was one of those ads that I saw on Facebook advertising (laughs) doulas, and I clicked on it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I began the training process and uh, found a, a workshop in my area, which was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time. And I did that. And after I got my doula training, I just wanted to add everything that I possibly could to my business. So uh, I took the certified lactation counseling course and uh, did my placenta certification and all that. So uh, I really just kind of dove right in about four years ago and I've moved around a lot since then. So um, I haven't had as many births as I'd like, but um, I'm really hoping to bring that to Homer, Alaska because there's there's not really much of it here. Yeah, I was just going to ask, so what is the climate like there as far as birth and, and attitudes towards birth or, or natural birth or home birth? What have you noticed? Um, it's not bad. The hospital's really good um, for allowing women to have natural births. There's a really neat birth center here that just got licensed to open. Um, it's like a little hobbit house. It's so cute. Uh, so there are, (laughs) there's midwives, there's one other doula in town, but, um, she's had a rough go of it. So, um, we'll see, (laughs) we'll see what we can do. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Put, put that energy out there to, to spread the, the awareness and all that great, um, birth love. Yeah. So what what was it like on your own journey of planning for a home birth? Like, did you always know you wanted one? What what was that like? So 
I've always been just obsessed with birth. I grew up on a farm in North Georgia and I was the animal midwife <laughs> and <laughs> delivered, oh my gosh, who knows how many animals um, and would get in there with the, the vet and check out the placenta and it just fascinated me. So even as a teenage girl, I said I wanted to have a home birth and um, my stepmom was like, uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> you know, you, you could die. Your baby could die. And I was just always like, I, I didn't get that. Like, mm -hmm. it seems so totally natural to me. Like, why can our animals do it in the barn? But I mean, we're human beings. Surely we could do the same thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was always drawn to that. And then I, uh, I got married really young. I was 18 and, uh, we tried right away to get pregnant and uh we i think we got pregnant about six months after we got married and we were so excited it was just really my ultimate dream in life was to be a mom mm -hmm. and so i think we bought everything for the baby in the first like nine weeks <laughs> before the ultrasound and so I went in for the ultrasound and I was super excited and there wasn't a heartbeat mm. so they told me well either your dates are off or you lost the baby mm -hmm. um, pretty early on in the beginning and just haven't miscarried yet so sure enough that was it um, so we lost that baby and that was really traumatic for me and uh, I ended up a month later being hospitalized because I developed an infection. Oh, wow. um, so it was it was all pretty pretty traumatizing, a really rough patch in my life. And after that, I just became obsessed with trying to get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And um, I had three more miscarriages over the course of about a year. And, uh, during that time we did fertility treatments. Um, we start, we got our home study and, uh, an adoption attorney. I was approached by, um, a childhood, not friend, but acquaintance of mine. And, she was pregnant and looking for somebody to adopt her baby. Mm. And so we went through that process and again, we're super excited and waiting for her due date and had her nursery set up and then she didn't make it. So, wow. uh, it was just kind of one blow after the other. And, um, then we did another round of fertility drugs. I didn't get pregnant. And then kind of overnight, my marriage fell apart and, um, we separated. And so I moved to Fairbanks, Alaska, just <laughs> to kind of get away from everything I had ever known. And it was definitely quite the change. Um, Hey listeners, it's me again. This is where we lost just that little chunk of time that I talked about in the intro, but it doesn't really impact the integrity of the story. Basically, in between 
Laura moving and ending her previous life of the marriage and the miscarriages and, and leaving those things behind. She talks about how she just did not think that she would be able to conceive or to carry a pregnancy to term. And she just touches on that a little bit before we go into this next phase of her life and meeting her partner and eventually getting pregnant. So that's kind of what we missed. Again, not too much there, but carry on and enjoy the rest of the story. So I started getting certified as a foster parent. And uh, I was in the middle of that training and um, met my next door neighbor, who was Mikey. (laughs) And we headed off really well and just started hanging out a ton. And he had had a vasectomy (laughs) and I didn't think I could get pregnant. So we're like, all right, we're good to go. Uh, well, a month after we met, I got a positive pregnancy test. So, yeah, it was a huge shocker to both of us. And I was, I was sure that I would miscarry. He was like, holy shit, this is what I meant to happen with my life. (laughs) Um, So we just kind of took it a day at a time, and um, I went to the pregnancy center in town and got my first ultrasound, but it was still too early to see anything. And then about a week and a half later, I had my first... So I decided to go the birth center route Mm. and uh, went to the birth center. They did another ultrasound. And it looked exactly the same as the one a week and a half before. So they were like, okay, uh, your baby's probably dead. And I had started bleeding a little bit. And so I was, I mean, I had expected it. It was just, you know, just another another miscarriage in the life of Laura. Um, and then they were like, well, we can, we can give you some pills to induce the miscarriage or we can take some blood work and check that out and go from there. And so I was like, yeah, let's, let's do the blood work. And so a couple days later she called me and she was like, well, it's not adding up because your HCG levels are still going up. So we're not sure what's happening. Mm. So come back in for another ultrasound. So we went back in And they did an ultrasound, and that was the very first heartbeat I had ever seen on an ultrasound screen. And I was so elated. It was was not the time in my life when I wanted, like, I had finally accepted that I wasn't going to get pregnant and have a baby. And didn't, like, I was scared. Mm -hmm. I was by myself, and I was scared. And this new relationship, and so... um, we, ba- I basically said, you know, this is, this is my dream. I love this baby. I want this baby. And I know this wasn't how you had planned for your life to go. So, um, you know, you're free to go if yeah. you, if you don't want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. I totally understand. And so it kind of just became like a, we'll see, like, I'm going to stay for now, but we'll see. And because we were so new in our relationship, like we weren't even serious about each other yet. Mm. Um, So 
he ended up moving in with me and we just kind of fell in love. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we told his family and they were just over the moon excited. Could not believe that their 31 year old son was having a baby. (laughs) Uh, Never saw it coming. So she is the first grandbaby on both sides. Mm. So of course, all of the grandparents were super excited. And so at that point, I, um, I had switched to the other birth center in Fairbanks because I just didn't like the whole, they were going to induce me for miscarriage mm-hmm. without even confirming that right. it was over. Right. Um, and I liked the vibe of the other birth center, uh, just, just more professional and it, it fit more with, with what I was going for. Uh, so I was there until I was about 28 weeks. And so over halfway through my pregnancy, I was there and, uh, it just came up in one of my appointments that they didn't accept my insurance for the birth center. So to use them, I'd have to have my baby at the hospital. Mm. And that was a huge blow for me. I had Total. I had dreams about this amazing natural birth in this beautiful birthing center, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so excited. And then, basically, they were like, "If you want a birth here, you need to to pay us like a whole bunch of money." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I knew I didn't want to go back to the other birth center. Uh, so I started looking at other options, and I found this midwife duo in our town and uh we were living in essentially just a large room we didn't have running water um and it was just so small we could have we couldn't have had a baby there so we decided to move we found a little cabin that was just slightly bigger but with a loft so we could kind of get our stuff out of the way and uh, so my last trimester was setting that place up and staging it for my birth. Mm. And, um, we met with these midwives and just absolutely fell in love with them. They were phenomenal. Um, they were actually life partners as well. Mm. And so there was just so much love like mm. in our little, and I'm sure they feel, feel it with everybody that, that they, uh, help throughout their pregnancy and birth, but it was, we just vibed so well. <laughs> uh, so we planned our home birth and, um, I set up this corner of the room and, uh, put up curtains and we had a birthing pool set up there and, um, some like Christmas lights strung mm. and, I didn't think that I'd be able to do it without water. So I was really concerned about uh, how am I going to get 100 plus gallons of water to my house while I'm in labor. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> we, we didn't have running water there either. Um, so I found this guy on, I posted an ad on our local Facebook page. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a tank to borrow. Oh, wow. Um, 
but it couldn't be too big because it had to go in the house and because it would freeze outside. And um, so he's this guy messaged me and he's like, I work at the water facility. If you just call me when you go into labor, I'll deliver your water for you. And (laughs) so that was my answer. (laughs) So for several weeks, I kept checking in with him like, are you still on? Are we still on? Like, (laughs) you know, it could happen in the middle of the night. I who knows when it's going to happen. Like you got to You got to be there for me. And he was so good about it. Um, so, um, let's see. I was working full time at the orthodontist clinic in town as a ortho assistant. And, uh, I, got 40 weeks and really wanted to start my maternity leave, but I only had three months and I didn't want to waste any of it. You know, um, if I went like two or three weeks over, who knew (laughs) what I was going to do? Um, so I kept working and I got to, I had prodromal labor for over a month before I had the baby. So almost every night, I would have like the like tightening contractions and they would get closer and closer together until I went to bed. They'd be like as close as two and a half minutes apart and then I'd go to bed and they'd go away. Mm-hmm. And so that was really tiring and just kind of a mind fuck. <laughs> uh, and so, but I kept going to work and I got to 40 weeks in five days and it was a Monday and I was, I had been up all night with the, like the tightening contractions. They hadn't gone away that night, but Mm -hmm. they hadn't gotten any worse either. So I just tossed and turned all night long and woke up super early in the morning and trying to decide if I was going to go to work or not. Well, my midwives wanted to see me that day um, for our weekly appointment, and uh, it was in the middle of the workday, so if I went to work, I wouldn't have been able to see them for another five days. So I let that be my determining factor, but I felt super guilty about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I went back to bed, and... My partner went to work and I woke up around nine o'clock in the morning and I felt just super good, like energized Mm. and that couple hours of extra sleep just did me so good. (laughs) So I got up and I started cleaning and uh, just decided to make the most of the day since I was going to be at home. And my contractions, like the tightening hadn't really stopped that night. And so I still had them in the morning. So once I got up and moving, they started to progress and I started feeling crampy and uh, it all happened so quick between just like painless, weird tightening sensations to... I think like I think I'm gonna have this baby today, and I texted Mikey, and I was like, I think today's the day, but 
Don't leave work yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. So they continued over... Well, I got up at 9, and by 11, I knew for sure that I was going to have the baby. Mm. And... So I called my girlfriend and I was like, hey, can you come pick me up? I want to shower before this gets really bad. So she picked me up and uh, took me to her house to shower. And on the way over there, they just like took on a whole different level. I was having a lot of trouble talking through them. And uh, I texted my partner and and told him that he needed to meet me there. So he, he met me there. Uh, we took a shower together, and it was really nice just to have, like, 10 minutes of, all right, we're going to have a baby yeah. today. This is, like, mm. our last little alone time, even though there was this giant bulge in between us. <laughs> um, so he left me in the shower because I was really enjoying it, and I had filled up the tub, too, and was laying down, and... If he hadn't come and gotten me, I probably would have had my baby there. <laughs> but he's like, all right, it's time to go. We need to get back home. So I texted my doula on the way over, and I told her I was definitely in labor, but I she didn't need to come yet, and I would let her know when she needed to come. And uh, let my midwife, photographer know, everybody that it was starting. Well, 15 minutes later... Once we got home, I texted her. And I'll, well, I didn't text her. I couldn't text her. I told Mikey, you need to get Jessica here now. <laughs> so, so she came, and uh, I had talked to the midwives on the phone, and they said, well, we'll come later because you're probably just right at the beginning, and you know how that goes. Like, it takes a while, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they said they'd call back in a couple hours once my doula was there and then they'd talk to her to help determine, um, if it was time for, for them to come or not. Well, my doula walked in the door and I was already feeling pushy. And so she got them on the phone immediately and said, you guys have to come now. Like she's making those grunting noises. Wow. (laughs) And so they came shortly later and then the photographer came. And then the water guy came. The water guy. <laughs> it was it was fifty one below on her due date. But five days later it was up to twenty below. But even with it only being twenty below, the water was freezing as it was coming out of the tank. Oh wow. So uh we tried our best and they had an assembly line. I'm t- like, I want to paint this picture. They had <laughs> every pot in our house on all four burners of the stove, in the oven, in the microwave, wow. and they were starting a fire outside to boil water to get this this tub hot for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they did this for about 
three and a half hours and I got, I just, I, during that time I was in total labor land. I didn't really want anybody to touch me. Mm -hmm. Nothing felt good. Um, everybody was super supportive, but I just kind of wanted to do it myself. And, uh, I didn't really know what else was going on in the room. I was just in this place deep inside of me, just moaning through these contractions that I didn't think I'd be vocal either, but I was loud. Mm. <laughs> so I got up to pee and my midwife asked if, if I wanted her to check me totally optional. And I definitely did. I wanted to know where I was at. So she checked me and I was over nine centimeters mm. and mm. So everybody just kind of stopped when she said that <laughs> and cause there was no way they were going to get that pool ready to mm. go. Um, and I, I didn't care about having the baby in the pool. I just didn't think I could do it without the hot water, yeah. like during my labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody stopped boiling water and kind of gathered around and I didn't really have like, a transition I remember it was all pretty much consistent in the pain level the whole like once it peaked an hour or two in it stayed that consistent pain level throughout and I didn't really push either I had such a strong fetal ejection mm. reflex that like and it did that throughout my whole labor. Mm -hmm. And the best way I found to describe it is dry heaving out of my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is exactly what it felt like. And wow. everybody that I've talked to has been like, oh, my gosh, that's the perfect way to describe that feeling. Because <laughs> you can't you can't hold it back. It, it right. happens whether you want it to or not. And. So my body was doing that throughout the whole labor. And then, of course, at the end, it kind of picked up. And um, the I was on all fours. And uh, I had been the whole labor. And she started crowning. And um, I, I remember it, like, it, I didn't really feel it. I didn't know that she was coming down. I didn't feel her move down under the birth canal or start coming out or anything. And um, then my midwife said, oh, I can see her head. Mm. And I was so worried about her having hair or not. <laughs> that was my first question was, does she have hair? Because <laughs> I, I didn't want a bald baby. <laughs> um, so she was like, yeah, you can feel her. So. I felt her head, and that was just the coolest experience. Mm -hmm. um, and she told me that she said, you should support the front, and I'll support your perineum. And so while my body was pushing, um, I helped support that. And everybody describes the ring of fire as, like, unbearable and the worst part. And I had so many people warn me about the ring of fire and it really wasn't that bad mm -hmm. <laughs> for me. Like 
it definitely didn't feel good and it it hurt but um right like halfway as her head was coming out everything kind of stopped and my body just went into a resting mode for a couple minutes and I didn't want to keep pushing but they said you need to push the rest of her head out like Mm -hmm. even though your body's stopped you need to push the rest of her head out uh, so I did, and of course that made like that burning sensation go away, and uh, I could rest for a second. But then there were, then the midwife said, "Oh, she has a nuchal arm." So her arm was wrapped around her neck, and her hand was up by her ear, mm. and so that made it a lot more difficult for her to come out. And so I was on all fours at that point, and my midwife had her hands inside of me trying to rotate the baby around and get her out, Mm. and she was just not budging. So I had to flip over with the baby hanging out of me. Wow. (laughs) And that was the weirdest sensation. (laughs) Um, But once I was on my back and able to really bear down – and get position it differently for my midwife. She was able to kind of twist her and she, she came sliding right out and she was so freaking big. (laughs) We were all, we all just gawked at her on the, I had her on the couch. And so she was just like laying on the ottoman and she was huge. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, uh, I was, I was still, I I was exhausted. Um, I needed rest and I looked at her and I was super excited to see her, but Mm. I was kind of overwhelmed. And so I just kind of laid back and, um, they had to suction her out and, uh, make sure she was breathing. She didn't breathe at first. Um, And then I started hemorrhaging. Mm. So uh, they gave me a shot of Pitocin and something else, which I'm not sure what it was, but um, like a pill to chew under my tongue. And uh, that seemed to help. Uh, So they laid her on me after she was breathing and everything. And I, she was so heavy. Like I, I wanted to hold her so bad, but she was squishing me. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe because she was so big. (laughs) Um, But I held her anyways. And they, we just, as a family, just gawked at our new tiny little human. And uh, I birthed my placenta. And uh, after that, they decided to give me a bag of fluids because I had hemorrhaged and I was, feeling a little bit woozy yeah so we passed her over to dad and they got to do skin on skin and it was just the most beautiful thing and he just totally fell in love with this baby girl that he had never seen never planned for never saw coming in his life but just fell in love with her instantly and knew like you know this is this is 
love like this is why people have kids Mm -hmm. like what is this feeling this isn't supposed to be happening to (laughs) me (laughs) so I got situated on the couch and got all comfy and hooked up an IV and um I was hungry and craving my placenta Ah. believe it or not so they and I had been trained, you know, in placentas and did in placenta encapsulation. So I knew it would benefit me to right. to put a chunk of it in my mouth. And um, so my midwife cut off, pulled off a piece for me and stuck it in my lip. And it didn't taste bad at all. Like, it actually tasted pretty good. It satisfied my craving. It helped make the bleeding stop. It was wow. so... It was so good for me. Um, Dang, that's so, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was hardcore too. I had him take a picture of this placenta in my lip, like a a big wad of chew or something. Wow, <laughs> I felt like a total badass um, for doing that. But uh, so after that was all done, we just loved on the baby and we Skyped with our families so they could meet her. And, uh, about three hours after she was born, we got to the point where we were ready to weigh her and to cut her cord. And so my partner, Mikey had made this known to everybody, um, pretty early on in the pregnancy that he wanted to cut the umbilical cord with Mm. his, Leatherman pocket knife. Okay. And (laughs) so they sterilized it for him and he was able to do that. And that was just like his little special thing that he had, he was able to decide and do. And it was really sweet. So he did that and uh, he cooked me this amazing meal. Uh, He, baked a salmon with what else did he make for me with collard greens and rice I think and it was so good mm-hmm. I was so hungry and just <laughs> it was so good that first meal postpartum definitely get somebody to cook for you <laughs> yes absolutely um, totally worth it so um Yeah, after that, everybody just started filing out, and the midwives stayed uh, for a few hours. So Hannah was born at 6.20, and um, so everybody got home at a decent time, and um, the midwives left around 10, I think, and... After they left, I was, I was just so high on birth hormones. Like I was seeing black fuzzies in the air shortly after she came out. And I was like, what is that? Like, what, what's happening to me? And they're like, honey, you are high. (laughs) (laughs) So they left and pretty shortly after Mikey and the baby fell asleep on the couch and I was just sitting there and we hadn't decided on what to name her yet. And, uh, I had a big list and Mikey wanted to name her Hannah. 
from the get-go. Like, he, he told me that he always said uh, if he ever had a little girl, he wanted her name to be Hannah. So, that that was on the list, too, but I didn't really like it. <laughs> uh, I've always said that I wanted to name my first daughter Annie. Because uh, that's my favorite name. So we kind of met in the middle and we named her Hannah, but we call her Hanny. Ah! <laughs> that's so, Um. So her name is Hannah Alieska, which is the native word for Alaska. Oh, that's uh, cool. She was, yeah, she was born in our dry cabin in Fairbanks, Alaska. And um, they, so they p- passed out and I was just, left sitting there and couldn't sleep and just totally in awe Mm. I could never put into words Mm -hmm. the the feeling that I was experiencing then but uh, I wrote out my birth story and the my ending of it I'm gonna read off the ending because I I know I wouldn't be able to replicate this if I tried but it just really kind of sums it up Mm -hmm. so um I said words cannot describe the pride I felt in myself I had endured my abusive childhood years of miscarriages and infertility a failed marriage a reinvention of myself and a move across the world I had stood firm in my conviction for life when I learned of my unplanned pregnancy and feared that I would have to do it alone Mm -hmm. I decided to give love another chance and watched a relationship blossom into mutual love and respect, the deepest I'd ever felt. I had spent 40 weeks and five days growing a perfect human with the daily fear of losing her like all my prior babies. I had totally surrendered to the process of birth and embraced every painful surge bringing my baby to me. I accomplished my greatest dream, proving to myself that my belief in a woman's ability to naturally birth was valid. My heart was exploding with satisfaction, gratitude, and love. There we were as a family, however unconventional it looked. How could be, my life be so perfect? I did it. So, wow. That's I got my end. Goosebumps throughout that. <laughs> and she was a whopping 10 pounds, 5 ounces. Oh, my I forgot God. Yeah, you said so, big, so I was like, we're going to circle back to that, and I want to know how big exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, um, I, you know, I think it's funny how you said there aren't a whole lot of words, so I think this is probably the interview where I have spoken the least, <laughs> and I am so okay with that because you just, you from, from like, hit record, just opened up and and completely shared parts of your your life, your story, your journey. It it's been it's been vulnerable and real and relatable and there's been moments of joy and pain and everything in between. Like I I am really in awe of you. Um it's amazing and I'm so so grateful that we were able to connect and that you know you you listen to that um, desire to reach out to me when you were on that long drive with Hannah and just, you know, Hey, this is me. This is part of my story. You know, 
I would have never known that this is what could have been created from that. You know, this is the magic that could have come out of that. And I'm, I'm humbled by that. And, um, your story is so important and so rich and so valuable. Um, and you have to send me what you wrote there so that I can share that on the show as well, because I feel like that could just be like a, a birth declaration for a lot of women and like a mantra to pull things from, um, especially who have, you know, experienced things similar to what you have. And, um, you just, you rocked it. You rocked this thing. I have have nothing like it's, it's just incredible. And, and now here you are and here Hannah is, um, truly an an amazing story. What, what sort of, um, wisdom or love encouragement feedback would you want to leave other mothers with that are listening to this? Well, um, I guess there's a few different types of moms that I can relate with and, uh, definitely moms who have endured, miscarriages and infertility and um infertility is just as heartbreaking Mm -hmm. as miscarriages and um just don't give up (laughs) because however you reach your baby whether it's biologically Mm -hmm. uh or or through adoption or foster care or however is going to be amazing. And you're going to be an amazing mom. Um, so don't lose hope and you'll get there. Mm. Um, for pregnant moms that are thinking about home birth or maybe scared, may be hesitant for a variety of different reasons. It's so worth it, especially uh, for your first baby. I feel so blessed to have not had to go through a traumatic hospital experience mm. to reach my decision of home birth. Right. Um, whereas so many moms, that is their story. Yeah. And uh, it can be so amazing um, just obviously be smart about it. Um, but (laughs) you can, your body knows what to do Mm -hmm. and, uh, listen to your body, I guess is the best, the best advice I could give is listen to your body. If something's wrong, you will know it. Your body will know it. Mm -hmm. Um, you are totally capable of doing it even without water. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I did it, and I never, never would have pictured it going that way. Uh, But totally surrendering, um, I I feel like so much of it is in your head. Mm. And um, your ability to control the dilation, something so scientific and explainable, is directly attached to your mental place and uh, just finding that place for yourself and 
practicing even beforehand, just totally letting go and surrendering to that. So you're prepared and, um, just letting it happen. Um, postpartum, I spent so much time preparing for my birth. I did not think Mm. about my postpartum at Mm. all. And that was a mistake, (laughs) huge mistake. Um, I didn't tear, but I had pretty severe trauma to the area because of all the maneuvering that the men had to do. Um, And it took me a good two months to be um, just able to function, (laughs) really. Um, And I definitely didn't contribute to that. I'm sure it would have been less less if I had um, allowed myself time to heal, but I just jumped right back in and I shouldn't have. So give yourself time to heal postpartum. Mm -hmm. You just pushed out a human and you have a scar inside. I mean, think about the size of your placenta. If you had that wound, open wound on your leg, say, Mm. you would, you would give that plenty of time to heal. Think about how long that would take and um, cause that's what you have. You have that size of a wound, open wound in, in your uterus. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. So just, um, you can do it. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. It sounds so badass and it is badass, but it's something that women have been doing for all of time. Yeah. <laughs> It's so doable. Oh. So you can do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Laura, you're awesome. You are so awesome. I'm I'm grateful to you for hanging out with us and Hannah too. I know she's there and she's been a trooper. Um, just thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for sharing and being open and willing and courageous. And um, yeah, it's just thank you my pleasure quick note about the doing it at home podcast matthew and i are not doctors or medical professionals and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion if you have medical or health related questions please take them to a trained professional we're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy birth and parenthood does your father know you're listening to this podcast well when you're done why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100 dad approved Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>